and welcome to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast. And um, today is Thursday, January 12, 2023. So we're now at 2023. Uh, today is also the 19th of Tevet, uh, 5783. And uh, I'm here, and uh, one of your co-hosts, uh, National Ted Deutsch, and my other co-host, Pam uh, Geller, is going to be on momentarily. Um, but I wanted to set up the show for a little bit, and um, we'll get into the news in a minute. Um, so just as an aside to before we begin, I was uh, driving on um, Tuesday, and... Um, so I was driving, I went to, uh, to a local uh, warehouse store to get some gas and uh, got the gas and I was driving back on Field Turtle Road and um, I was uh, at the corner of Fields Ertle and Wilkins Boulevard. And I was just sitting there, you know, there's, there's, there's a stop sign there, a stop light. And I was about number three in line and uh, the light turned green and bam, uh, someone run in, ran into the back end of my car. Um, uh, luckily, um, she, I, I don't know if she was just like thinking the light turned green like a second before it turned green, or this lady ran into the back of my CRV and uh, the doors kind of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of fakakted now. Um, it does work, but it just needs to be, it's going to need to be repaired along with the, uh, the wheel that hangs off the back door of the car and the cover that's on there. Um, but I do want to start in the news. Just that was just like an aside. So, um, so there is a, the f- top story this week is bus driver shortage can't stop uh, USY teens. And the USY teens are the United Synagogue youth teens um, that most of them are from um, uh, Adith Israel. And um, so on uh, December 1, they were supposed to go to the um, convention in Cleveland. I guess it started, I guess, um, probably the next day on Friday. For the, it was probably over Shabbat. So they got a call on Samantha Rose, who was uh, the head of the USY group at Adith. Um, she's the youth coordinator. Um, got a call on the day before on Thursday. They're supposed to leave Friday morning at 9 a.m. And they found out that um, the bus driver that was supposed to drive them could not drive them. So uh, the the team at uh, Adith Israel uh, met in the synagogue library, uh, Rabbi uh, Smolkin, Rabbi Burke, and the other members uh, put their heads together and figured out that one of the board members at Adith Israel's, uh, Ed Dolan, who I grew up with, Ed, Eddie's about my age, and he has a transportation company in, in Blue Ash. They figured, well, why don't we have him, you know, let's call him and see if he has anybody available to drive us to Columbus. And then uh, they all met up in Columbus and then drove from Columbus to Cleveland to the convention that was happening uh, that weekend. So they eventually did get there. Um, and so everybody, uh, there was about 85 kids from all over Ohio that went to the uh, convention and, um, you know, had a great time. And uh, so we're proud of them, and uh, they did Really had a good, fun time and uh, great work. So I want to shout out to uh, Maya, Maya Deutsch, uh, Micah Ritter, Erez Kadosh, Sam Pressman, Orit Lieferman, Hannah Perry, Shakar Av- Avaram, uh, Adrian Sadler, Jada Pressman, Samantha Rose, uh, Meyer Lieferman, and also Sam Pressman. I think I already mentioned Sam. Yeah, I should have. Okay. Um, and there is another uh, convention coming up on February 2nd in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's nice. So now my uh, co-host, uh, Pam Geller, hello. say hello to everybody. Hello. Okay. Uh, she's feeling a lot better now. <laughs> we had a little uh, uh, just off-air uh, 
um, well, what should we call that? Just uh, you weren't feeling so good, but you're feeling better now. Yeah, I was say I'm feeling a little better now. Feeling a little bit better now. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, we move on to uh, now. There, there. So the Jewish Federation of Cincinnati is having an impact breakfast on First Wednesday. Of its kind. Right. Wednesday, February eighth, and it starts at eight. So breakfast is from eight to eight thirty, and the program starts is from eight thirty to nine thirty, and it's going to be. Um, Gideon Bernstein, the author of Giving, a Handbook to Happiness for the Modern Philanthropist. So um, Gideon wrote this during the pandemic after his son um, was killed oh, of a hate crime. Right. Um, his five-year five anniversary of his son's death was just a few days ago. Yeah. Um, and after his son's death, um, he really found um, – giving as a way of to heal. And so do, do you want to do, should we give a little background into who Gideon is and uh sure. So uh Gideon, well he's a dad. Right. Father, one, right, a father. Right, right, um, right. He right. lives they him and his wife Janine, I believe, they live in Orange County, California. Like LA. LA, yeah. yeah. And he is a financial advisor, financial okay. uh, cer certified financial advisor. Yeah. Um so after his son's death, he, him and his wife really became, um, they created this effort called, um, around their son's death, Blaze. Right. Blaze the movement, something like that, that they right. started. Um, but he, he talks about his book, really about the barriers of why people don't give, and but th why the importance of giving so important. is so important, not only for one's happiness factor. Right, right. Um, but also a way to connect to your values okay. and to live out to kind of your, you know, how do you, what's the memory you want to leave behind? Right. Um, and he, in his uh, handbook, which he now has a workbook available, that he has a handful of exercises that you okay. can take. And right. where you kind of figure out, like, what are my values and how do I match those values up to the right nonprofits out there? And, and he talks a little bit about how, the number of nonprofits can be overwhelming, and what type of nonprofit do you want to give to? Do you right. want to give to like an umbrella organization that matches your values, that you know allocates to many organizations such as a federation or United Way, or if you want to give to a smaller organization? Okay. Um, but again, he he does talk about it. Doesn't matter about you know when people say the word philanthropist, you think that you have to. Give big money, well, yeah, like a multi-multi-million. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You We're don't talking about just yeah. being a normal giving person and normal, even if you know, high eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars, <laughs> and how a small gift right. can have big meaning, right? Big impact, uh, and um, really, yeah, just about the importance. Uh, so uh, I asked. And, so before we came on, I asked you to give me five points as to what his book meant. Well, I think I just did that. Okay. I just said <laughs> okay. Addresses, okay. Addresses the barriers of giving right. and the importance of giving now and into the future. Okay. And how it's you know how the importance is both in in two ways: one for for your happiness, and right. One for living out your values and your in your legacy. Okay. Okay. And how wonderful! Oh, I I forgot the fifth one. Uh huh. It's and it's really that really should have been the first one. What? Which is Why really is about is creating impact through giving. Okay. How, yeah. I mean, that's really the best. How do you create impact? So, you know, giving. in Judaism, like, the highest form of giving in the Torah is anonymously. Mm -hmm. Now, you know you've given that gift, but no one else knows it. Yeah. And so yeah. you can take pride in the fact that you did this. But, um, and I've often found that, um, I like to give people gifts and then like someone got me some tickets to like a football game mm -hmm. and I'm going to get them, uh, like a gift certificate to the store so that they get some new ties. Right. Right. Uh, I'm working on that right now. That's like a, is that, is let's that, keep that quiet. Okay. What store could that be? Uh, Hellman's Hellman's. Yeah. So this is from Hellman's. This, this is my, did we ever hear about this how is that from Lido Ferretti. 
How did the coupon go for? Uh, I, I want. Didn't is that your well. new tie? This is my new hundred and well, that you got with your coupon. One of them. That looks nice. I like I it. Know, it's yeah. very, uh, yeah. very uh, Italian. It's like uh, really. Uh, I really do like it. Look at that. It's like really fancy. I love the light blue. It's yeah. fancy schmancy. I agree. Very fancy schmancy. I don't want to want to dress yeah. like that. I know, but yeah. you know, <laughs> fancy schmancy. So back to our topic at hand, and that is, um, so I think that what you find out when you, like through giving, that it it makes you feel good when you give somebody like a gift or something like that. You, right. you know what I mean? Well, you really feel good. And whether it's monetary or a personal or whatever, something like that, um, it makes you feel good. Yeah. Well, it's like, the, you know, helping somebody across the street. You know, you're going to feel, feel so good. So this really re- relates back to the Federation and giving and, and the importance of giving. And um, so he's it's, – it's, uh, right now is when you want to go to the Federation website and um, sign up for the breakfast. You don't have to be a big giver. You don't have to be – you know, just – but come to, the, come to the breakfast and hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um, I think it would be great. I think it will have some impact on your life personally. He seems to have a lot of impact on a lot of people's lives and and really just kind of his philosophy. Okay. All right. Um, In other local news, Dr. Jeffrey Weidlinger, I hope I'm not butchering his name, to speak at the University of Cincinnati for International Holocaust Day on the 1918-1921 pogroms in Ukraine. So this is three years, over over 100,000 Jews were murdered, murdered, underlined, in Ukraine by peasants, townsmen, and soldiers who blamed the Jews for the turmoil of the Russian Revolution, which was when, you know, Russia went to being communist. Um, in hundreds of separate incidents, ordinary people robbed their Jewish neighbors with impunity, burned down their houses, ripped apart their Torah scrolls, sexually assaulted them, and killed them. Largely forgotten today, these pogroms, pogroms, ethnic riots, dominated headlines in international affairs in their time. Aid workers warned that 6 million Jews were in danger of complete extermination. This is in, in Ukraine and probably broader Russia. Uh, 20 years later, in the, you know, the late 30s, uh, these dire predictions would come true. So uh, this is coming up. You want to mark this in your calendar um, on Monday, January 23 at the at, at University of Cincinnati. Uh, so really what he talks about, though, is how it, the big thing is that how this wave of genocidal vi- violence created the conditions for the Holocaust is what he's saying. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, it started then, the and then it kind of it, like expanded. Yeah, right. So it started it. expanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so he's going to be giving a lecture at four o'clock on Monday, January twenty third. So that that sounds very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we will probably be there to cover that. Well, actually, I'll be at the breakfast too to cover that too. Yeah, is it actually? I'll be there. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to skip a couple of pages and go to um, na- in other national news. So. Um, this is actually Israel news, but it's being covered by national uh, U.S. national news. So U.S. On, on page five, U.S. news ranks Israel as the tenth most powerful country, and this has to do with their um, their their military. Um, we spend a lot of money. We give a lot of money to Israel, but um, the U.S. in the terms of military strength, uh, the U.S. was ranked first, followed by China. Russia, Germany, the United Kingdom, South Korea, France, Japan, and then also United Arab Emirates. Well, I came don't know if that's military ranking because it's right. different things. So that was ranked followed. So of the ten of the most powerful. Oh, uh, okay. Right. It it it's it's US not just military. And then China, but okay. then but then they even break it down further to say Israel remain maintained a very high military ranking right, in the right. power category. Right. Um, coming in fourth. Okay, okay. Um, with a score of 91 points trailing. So you have different levels depending on what they were looking at. Furthermore, Israel was assessed to be politically right. influential with a score of 78 point, 
So I was talking about, I thought it was military, but it's actually uh, influential status in terms of politics and, politics, and global economy. I mean, Israel right, has a technological right, right. advancement. High, I mean, so it's a couple right. different things, but, but they do kind of roll it up. They must have a score, right? Okay, yeah. It goes into, like, the overall ranking. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, so <laughs> this, this is, is going to be a, a recurring theme that I'm going to start now, and then we'll get to it. Um, the U.S. is, this is related but not related, the U.S. accuses Israel of exacerbating tensions which could lead to violence, and I believe this has to do with um, the Temple Mount. It also has to do with building in the new settlements, and so uh, the U.S. is like kind of telling the new... Well, it is about the Temple Mount. They're concerned right. about the Israeli minister at the Temple Mount. Right. Um that it was exacerbating tensions that led right. to violence. Yeah. Well, it's also we're going to get into this in a little in a, in a couple articles. The how can I say this? The government is kind of um, having difficulties with the new Israeli government that was sworn in, and we're going to go through that a couple times in different articles that are in the paper. This yeah, but even like okay, so here's a Republican. Um, Senator saying responded to the statement saying, you know, if the administration is so concerned about violence in Israel, they should condemn the Palestinian terrorists causing it. Not yeah. So yeah. what happens is the as Palestinians will like fire some bombs over into Israel, then the Israelis go in there and like start cleaning out who was firing the bombs. Then the Palestinians like start uh, start fighting, and then the Israelis got blame get blamed for it. Anyway. Ben, we remained under-tiered by the ter- Islamic terrorist groups' threats of violence. Right. But, you know, he did, but to the point, he, right. didn't, he didn't have to go to Temple Mount. Well, we'll get into that in mm-hmm. a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, All right, we so we're on page six. Okay. Uh, so there, there, we're now at the uh, – so it, we're now at the 118th Congress, and they have 33 – uh, Jewish lawmakers, and now we're at this 37th Israeli Knesset. Anyway, but oh, the story this today, yeah, yeah, I got parallel. it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the uh, so the Jewish members of Congress, and this is just the House of Representatives, make up six percent of both freshman legislatures and returning members, and the Jews have a wider presence in the Senate, nine percent, than in the House, five. Point five percent. So there's a hundred people in the Senate. There's a hundred senators. So that means there's nine senators. Yep, yep. They're Jewish. I'm doing the math. And uh, so there's five, six percent of, what was it four hundred thirty-five? Uh, yeah. Which would be six percent. Uh, so there's thirty-three total. Comments? Anything? No, I just. I mean, uh, my question was as well. Are you feeling better now? I am feeling better. Much thanks. better. How's the stomach? Stomach is not in the cramps that I had before. So okay, good. So I was curious just about what if that's an increase. So since oh 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 since oh, since, <coughs> well that would be the hundred seventeenth. Do we go up a little bit from one seventeen? Well, then, there is one that's kind of, uh, and that's that George Santos guy <laughs> who is a uh, claims he's a Republican, but he claimed to be Jewish. So I don't know. If they probably didn't count him. Don't know. He said categorizes, don't know, or refuse. Um, and then there's a, a Messianic Jew. Okay. There are three Muslims in Congress. Right, right. All Democratic. Right. Um, Congress remains largely untouched by two trends that have long marked the U.S. religious life for decades, long decline in the share of Americans who identify as Christian. Okay. So and the correspondent increase in the percentage that say that they have no religious affiliation. That's interesting. Hmm. As we think about more secular and people going away from religion, right. how they're seeing that in Congress that there's less Christians and more of this no religious affiliation. Okay. Since two thousand seven the share of Christians in the general population has dropped from seventy eight percent to sixty three percent. Wow. Nearly three in ten U.S. adults now say 
they are religiously unaffiliated. Well, so, I mean, we could go on about that, about the Pew study and then the other Jewish right. well, community study it is, that it we is did. Pew research, so they brought it up. Okay, yeah. well, that came out of the census. Mm-hmm. And so um, what we found out about the Pew study was that um, I think it's like 72% or no, 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 I'm wrong. No. So when, when, so if they, the, the Jews and they're Jewish and they, they're up until about when they're 18, if they go to summer camp. Oh, we know that stat. Yeah. You're more likely okay. to, to stay religious. Okay. And then, okay. and then, uh, even like the first pay story, you do USY activities, you're involved with a synagogue and stuff like that. So their states, we're, we're holding on to them. From 18 to 22, when they go away to college, they're getting all these different influences. That's, that's common across all religions. I know, so, I know. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Totally, right. Whether And I talk to Christ, Christians or, or Latinos or Muslims. You know, every, it's, it's, it's across the board. Yeah. I um, mean, the, the, one of the few studies that was a few years back um, that – uh, Copperman uh, did Alan oh, he, Cooperman. He brought, we, he Alan was, Cooperman he, was here. We, yeah, right. We he he was on. We uh, when Julie was here, yeah. we called him and I we remember. did that uh, yeah. interview uh, with him. Yeah, I remember. Fascinating guy. Yeah, fascinating. Very fascinating. Guy. Yeah. And he just talked about how um, actually Jews think we're declining, but we're actually increasing. We're not losing share because of all the interfaith marriages, and that so then, they're staying with it. That they're staying with it, and then they're, like, if I had, let's say if I'm one. Right. And I marry a non-Jew. Right. And I have three, then right. I've just doubled my population. Okay. Right. If, I, if I, I'm if i a Jew and I marry a Jew and we right. have two, it's it's net. But okay, it, you're just replacing. Yeah. You're saying you're replacing. If, you, if, I, if I raise my children, if I marry a non-Jew and we raise our children. Okay. Jewish, okay. we're increasing our numbers, okay. and um, and that actually showed up in the numbers that we are. But well, but our growth okay. is happening from interfaith. That's interesting. That's um, a good, interesting point. Which is why it's more, you know, this kind of, this thing of what we're talking about, what's happening in Israel is alarming, um, because what defines a Jew, right? Okay, so we'll get to that. So the story, we'll get to that story, and and. Um, but I want to mention one other thing okay. about this okay. that I thought was right. that my head went to when we were talking yep, yep. about. Um, Religious affiliation. So, you know, youth mental health and mental health is a big um, concern for a lot of people. Right now, because, well, would you think, would you say it increased during the pandemic? I think it it exacerbated it. It exacerbated it. Maybe it brought it to the forefront. Well, listen, we don't. No, we didn't do like a pre-post mental health with COVID, right? A lot of people did. Right, it just just hit. hit. Right. Um, but we do know mental health is a crisis in right. the United States. And there's a lot of research out there about youth mental health, particularly. And somewhat you could argue that it wasn't necessarily COVID, but it's through social media. They don't have community. They, okay. they, you know, they feel isolated. Okay. And this whole concept okay. of, okay. of social okay. isolation, how that, okay. cri- that drives depression. And so in one of the studies that I was just re- looking at actually today, it talked about how uh, kids – people had had questions like, are you religious or are you involved in your community? And right. people that answered yes to those things actually were, were not as depressed. So there is some okay, so let's research see. saying okay, like okay. a religious affiliation connection to your community okay. actually helps with belongingness, which we know because okay. it creates purpose and that can help with one's mental health. Well, it's also, it's like when you're like, a me- like go to shul, you like feel connected yeah and um you see you, you feel like seen. hang out with your friends you and you like seen. feel a lot feel, of these kids don't feel seen okay okay and so um i guess participation participation is good is, is it's good, good. And, and and that they should be involved and that stop right because if you're like only on social media and all that kind of stuff you feel like isolated and that's maybe where the mental health stuff starts Inching in. An inch, but but it's really about having purpose and meaning and being seen, right? Okay. And and we go back to the legacy thing with, you know, giving with purpose and right. having meaning in your life. Right. How all that stuff is really important. And we went through a period where we didn't think community or religion, right? We've said it's not important. We've seen people move away from it. And now mental health is going so up higher. you need higher. to mark down this day of January 12th, 2023 for, you know, like 
<laughs> you know, put that in your calendar. <laughs> I so what I'm saying is when we talk about like when, so then when we can we talk mark about it the next time it'll be like ten years and then we'll the like well, remember that day. Importance of engagement. And it is. It's very yeah. important. The that important was just like a little yeah. inside joke. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. make. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My just jokes are really not that. Wait a minute, him. Mike, just ignore me. <laughs> All right, so we move on to uh, page nine, and vandals again desecrate Holocaust memorial in Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki. That is Greece. Uh, in Greece, once home to the largest Sephardic community in Europe. Um, so the, for the fourth time since it was installed in 2014, so this was just installed in 2014. And so it's like every two years, there's like something going on at this Holocaust Memorial in Greece. Yeah. It's just terrible. It's like I was telling you before that we went on the show, like, I really love Greek olives. There's, you know, they have that certain flavor to them. They're Greek olives. Yeah, yeah. Costco, and, you, we talked about how Costco yes, can get yes, kosher. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, like, if you go to, like, Costco, or even, like, I go to Kroger's, like, you know, a lot of the Blue Greek. Ash Kroger. Okay, so a lot of, like, the Greek stuff that you'll look at, none of it's kosher. Yeah. And then I said, you know, those Greeks, they just. They well, just, like, in that like, case, like, what's going to make it kosher? The rabbi blessed it. Somebody was overseeing yeah. it and blessed it. Yeah. But normally, like, a lot of, like, stuff that, you know, I don't know. My point is that, like, different items that come from different countries are like like nine you know they're like always kosher right you know there's somebody there they're kosher but greece it's like there's we're such a small pop well what's yeah. interesting and just before the holocaust yeah this part of greece which i'm not going to try to say the name because i'm going to butcher it was one of the most jewish cities in europe mm-hmm. with a jewish majority or polarity from much of the 19th century. Hmm. The city's Jewish community was primarily Sephardic. Huh. Sephardis, yeah. I guess that makes sense from Greece. Though yeah. it's also um, included a small community of, say that, Roman Romanites, Judeo-Greek speakers from Greece and Turkey who predated the Sephardic migration to the oh. area after okay. their expulsion from Spain. So we were in Spain, and uh-huh. then in 1492, that was the uh, Inquisition. Yeah. And that was also when Columbus left uh, to come to America. Yeah. But did you know, a lot of people think Columbus was Jewish. Why? Because of what, from his, that he was like a Murano Jew, mm-hmm. that they were, uh, that if you go back in time to him, he left on a certain day. And uh, he was like, did certain things, and that he might have been Jewish. Mm. This one friend of mine talks to me about that. Um, that he, he, they think he might have been Jewish. Somebody needs and to check think, their DNA. Okay, their so DNA. <laughs> um, I think is it was it the, the husband was Ferdinand and Isabella, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And that Ferdinand might have been Jewish too. Mm. From the from this is from the uh, Sephardic. Yeah, yeah, side, Sephardic yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. So it also said that just during the spring and summer months of 43, almost all of the Jews that lived there were deported to Auschwitz. Right. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Greeks, the Greeks like, gave up their Jews. Yeah, they did. They just, you know. All right. Uh, so international news and then more Israel news. And we get to, uh, so Ben Gavir. Yeah. Uh, national Israel Israeli National Security Minister it, Itamar Ben Gavir visited the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. and so leading up to when he was going there, uh, there was all these. Uh, just, I'm just going to put it this way: all these people were like saying, "Oh, there's going to be a war. There's going to be this. There's going to be that." Blah blah. blah. Palestinians was like condemning the visit. The, a lot of Arab nations were saying, "Don't go there. It's going to cause war." Blah blah blah. Um, it turns out like nothing happened, <laughs> you know, everything was fine. He's, I've actually been to the Temple Mount. Uh, when I was there in 98, I went to the Temple Mount and I went into the al Aqsa. I forget how you pronounce it, the mosque, al Aqsa Mosque. And you go down into the mosque, and there's like this. You can there's like a stone there, 
And that's where Abraham was going to uh, sacrifice the lamb. Isaac. Yeah, Isaac. That's the Isaac. spot. Isaac. Oh, and yeah. there's a stone. And also, there's a, like, it's a rock like this. Mm-hmm. And you can see there's this indentation in the rock where, where they played. kept the Holy of Holies. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. been to Israel. I lived in Israel, but yeah. currently Jews I've been are there. only. It was, it's fascinating. Fascinating. So, you know, it's just, again, it's just that we're only, Jews are only allowed, even though it's one of, it's our holiest spot. It, that, that spot right there, that's, it's that our rock. Hol- it's not the Muslims' holiest spot, but it is a, it is a Jews. It's a holy spot for them. Right. It's not their holiest. Ours is right. the holiest, but we're not allowed to go there only for short windows at a time. Right. We're prohibited. Right. right. To not upset the Muslims. Right. Because um, of that delicate. I think there should be like, you know, like once a day for like an hour or so, you should be allowed to go there. Something, it's just something so like that. The, the, it's, I don't want to. You don't want to instill any kind of any uh, rioting. It seems or like there's a. Right. No, it's, uh, I'd like to go. I'd like to go. If I do go back to Israel, I want to yeah. go back to there and, and look at that rock. I'm sure. I'm, you know, that yeah. rock has so much meaning to me. You yeah. know? I mean, that was where the Holy of Holies was stored. Yeah, I just, I hate that fighting. You hate fighting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not a big fighter. <laughs> okay. All right, so now we get on to Israeli politics. And so this is going to be a recurring, we're going to be talking about this for the next several months and maybe longer. Uh, major Jewish organization warned Netanyahu of potential split with world jewelry. Jewelry. Yeah. yeah. So... Any change in the delicate and sensitive status quo on issues such as law of return or conversion could threaten to unravel the ties between us and keep us away from each other. The leaders of many uh, Jewish (coughs) organizations in America are warning uh, Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. This is signed by... A lot of the major... um professional and lay leaders of our large Jewish organizations. So exactly. you have um, Mark Wilf and his chairs from the Jewish Agency right. and the Board of Governors. Right. You have the World Zionist Organization. Right. You have the Jewish Federation of North America and Eric Fingerhut and Julie Platt, who's the chair. Right, so right. It's, a, it's a large group. Um, and it's interesting, it's, it's, the organ, it's the large umbrella groups. It's not necessarily the... Um, citizens. The, 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 I was thinking the um, um, denominations. Okay, not yet. Yeah, but they're these rep. They represent the reform and conservative. Hundred percent. They're up. They're the ones that are upset, not the Orthodox. Right. Well, I mean, it's UJA and yeah. Right. Right. All right. So the point being that what's going on in Israel is the the, the new government has been sworn in about a week ago. They're starting to come out with some stuff, and people are not happy about what they're coming out with. Okay. And and this is, and we wonder, the article touched upon this, that you also have an issue where three only three of the ten, three per ten, that ratio of Ukrainians that have emigrated. Oh, right, you were going to point that out. Yeah, right, right. that they are um, not Jewish. Only three of ten are Jewish. So the majority... Is it three it of ten are Jewish, um, or not? The, were not only uh, okay. Hold on, most of whom were not only three, only three in ten. Okay, so I was talking before we went on that, like back when Russia we open we when open yeah, Russia only three opened out up. Of 10 okay, are so okay, all right. So when Russia opened up their borders and let the Jews started coming out. A lot of people said they went to the because they they everybody wanted to get out of Russia. They yeah. did not want to stay there, did they? No. No. Okay. So they said, "I'm Jewish. Let me out," and they let them out. Okay. And then they get to like uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and they said, you know, like they would bring them like stuff for Passover, bring them stuff for Rosh Hashanah, and stuff like that. They're like, well, why are you bringing, we don't, you know, we're not Jewish. Yeah, so what, this is just goes to the volume, so. Um, People want to get out of Ukraine during okay, the fight. so there's that, but there's also the question of is what's halacha do, which they say it means the, the woman, right. the mother needed to be Jewish. Right, right, Or right. you converted to Judaism, but right. then there's a big question about. 
which conversions, conversions. Yeah, what conversions are, are legit. Right, and right. They're and debating that. Right. Okay. Um, but interesting, I remember doing it's some study. Halakha. Halakha. So I remember doing a study um, looking at, I don't know if it was the Talmud or it was the Bible, that right. the Torah that we were reading. Right. And talked about how originally, I believe it was the mother. The, the man, you, your dad had to be Jewish. That's if that follows if you're a Kohen. Oh, yeah, okay. That's with the Kohen. So the father would be the, for the Kohen. The mother would be for Judaism and Jews. Because you have to remember that um, during wars and stuff like that, the men got the went off the war and got killed, mm-hmm. and the women were still be there. And so they had to continue the Jewish line. So they switched it. Well, so they said, look, we'll allow the men, you know, as long as the, the, the woman's Jewish, what if she got, you know, by some non-Jewish guy. Right, 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 right. So are we going to hold that against the child? No, we can't hold it. And, and that's a potential, uh, uh, you know, person that, you know. So it's all like, I, my point that there's no like. What? I just there, don't like that law. But there are. That's still, okay, know, so that's. Uh, but then there are currently 400,000 people. So just think about the math there. So there, let's say we say there's 14 million Jews in Israel. About ten. Thought it was like four. Did it go up to fourteen? No, it's not. I think the co- whole country is maybe four, fourteen. Whole, 14 million now. I mean, it's a lot of Jews are there, and half the Jews well, are. There's a lot of Israelis. I mean, and so Ar- there's a lot of Arabs that live in Israel too, and they have their like own villages and stuff. Um, I I, I get that. Um, but so four hundred thousand of what? Um. Are people who live in Israel are not considered. Halakhic. Jewish. Yeah. Jewish po- okay, you're right. Sorry. I was uh, way off. Jewish population in total is like 15 million. In, Amer- in America, all over the all world. All over the world. Right. That's nothing. Yeah, we're, I know. We're, uh, we're, we're like 3 billion now. Right. And so like there's about 7 million that are in Israel. Right. About 7. Right. And, and about, about 7, seven right. here. Right. That's and then 14. the rest is like... Well, right there's up. Europe. You've got yeah, the Europe rest, that's and, the rest of the million South, so. You have South America. But the, generally, you have Israel, right, right, which is half, and right. America is a half, and then the rest are spread out. Right, right. Israel, uh, South America. Yeah. Right. I think there's a lot more Jewish people that are Jewish that don't know they're Jewish. Oh, for sure. There's tons of people that are like, um, the, I, the, one the, of my friends great, from... Right, the great-grandfather was, and then they... They have it in their line. I mean, I, I right, you right. talk it's to in people. The, you know what's really funny... Um, so I go kayaking every Tuesday night mm-hmm. in spring, summer, and fall with a guy named Larry Stoltz, who was not the – you would never even look to him, okay? Right. And it's funny because I was on the cross-country team all through high school, and he was on the cross-country team. He was at Covington Catholic, and I was at Walnut Hills, and we had a meet against each other. And I swear to God, he was he's, a, he's like a, six months older than me, he was on the cross. I didn't know the guy at the time. It mm-hmm. was he was. We had a track meet against him. I probably met him at that track meet. Right. This is in like 1970, whatever. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's funny because he's a buddy of mine in Coast Guard Auxiliary. We go kayaking together, and he did the DNA test, and it turns out that he is like two percent Jewish. Yeah. No. I, and I, I say he told me that. And I was like. Are you sure about that? And he goes, yeah. yeah, I did the DNA test thing that, you know, where you spit it in the thing and you send it, blah, 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 and all that. It's in there. And he said, I'm 2% Jewish. I said, wow, that's why when I take you to Mark's to buy you lunch, you <laughs> always let me buy you lunch. That's I, like a little I, inside I have, joke there. I have okay. a friend. Okay, let's keep going. That's we're moving. I, I got it. Okay. All right. So um, more than 300 uh, local uh uh, people made it to the Jewish. Na- this is the second Jewish National Fund Tree of Life Gala. This was the second week. Last week were my photos, and this week is the photo from the photographer. Yeah, um, I love actually, the photos. there's a, there's a typo here at the end where it's got a phone number and a website that should not be in there. Oh, that's not a typo. Look at that. <laughs> okay, you're, you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're the one that called it out. Oh, good. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you probably know some of the people in there. Check it out. There's yeah, actually there's a, a photo one. of me and Eddie Paul and 
Dr. Jeff Zipkin there on page 16. I mean, a lot of people are recognizable. Yeah, you know about all these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, the kids' cl- uh, kids page this week is Shemot, which we've now ended. Uh, so we ended. I, I always like Genesis. Genesis is the beginning, and it's the you know this uh, God creates the heaven and the earth and the days and the people and all that. I love. I always get excited. And then Noah, and then this, and then that, and then and then uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And okay, so get to Joseph. the story. That, it's, uh, this what? cartoon. You're you're just. The blah, drawing, blah, 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 blah. that drawing, he fears that. So it, he orders the pharaoh <laughs> orders like all baby boys to be thrown into the Nile River. We know that story, Drowned. right? Drowned. Yep. A woman from the tribe of Levi, yes. Levi, gives birth to a boy, and in order to save him, she puts him into the basket to float down the Nile River. And the baby is saved by Pharaoh's daughter. So you and want goes it? to become Moses? Okay. So here's here's something for you. Okay, I want you to think about this, right? What was Moses' name when he was first born and he was uh, uh, circumcised? It was not Moses. Moses is what the Pharaoh's uh, the daughter Pharaoh's, oh, named, named him because he came from the water. Right. Moses Smith, but he had a name. What was it? I know it, but I can't remember it. See, I asked uh. this question of Rabbi Minster. Uh-huh. Uh, and he said, this was the name. I said, well, when he was first born, they named him something, and he had a naming. When he was circumcised, you named the child, right? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, so yeah. his real, what was his name? So that's, uh, that's. Uh, I want people to figure that one out and call, call what in. What was his other names for? Oh. When he was first born. By his mother, uh, Jack Cluthiel, and okay. Herber by their father, Jared by his Miriam. Uh-huh, uh huh. See, and all these like he did have a name when he was first born. Hebrew Moses, right? Born uh, and found in such names as Tutmus. No, no, that's not his original name. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. But uh, that's uh, um, all right. So that's we a good point, yeah. we move to the we, we're gonna we're, we're already at forty two, so we need to roll through this stuff. Yep, yep. All right, so. Um, uh, the opinion page says, this is going to continue on, like I said, the, the false prophets of an impending Israeli apocalypse. Um, within minutes of the swearing-in of Israel's 37th government, the self-proclaimed forces of light, quote-unquote, who were defeated by it, defeated by the forces of light, began a campaign to prove that the voters were already suffering from buyer's remorse and that the public was in for Armageddon of Prime Minister Benjamin Bibi Netanyahu's making. All right, so (coughs) everybody's, they just got sworn in, and now people are, like, going crazy over what they're going to do and blah, blah, blah. So so this is coming from, this is from Ruthie Bloom, who is an Israeli-based journalist. Um, So so then she talks about, then there's doom and gloom purveyor, Yair Lapid, who was the opposition leader, whose thankfully short premiership was nipped in the bud by his nemesis, Netanyahu, in a speech to parliamentarians in the plenum on Monday, he outdid himself and left his hyperbole. In in the 75 years of the state of Israel, Israel's existence, there there was never doubt about the question of whether it would be democratic. Now there is. More than doubt, he bellowed, after presenting a picture of the abyss of nationalism and religious coercion into which the nation is supposedly sinking, in the 21st century, democracies don't fall, they are eroded, bit by bit, and then quickly and by a lot. We're in the quickly and by a lot phase. The only thing that will stop this is resistance. Uh, it just sounds like a, I'm not going to say Sour it. grapes. No, it sounds like somebody in America that is no longer our president. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another opinion heard from on this podcast, and the opinions expressed on this podcast are only those of the speaker and not of the podcast. Correct. All right. Uh, so Parsha Shemot is Exodus 1-1 to 6-1 this week. And so um, we're finished with Genesis, and now... Um, on to Exodus. Yeah, well, Joseph has died. His brothers are dying off, and now there is a new pharaoh 
a new king that does not know Joseph, and he says to his advisors, what are we going to do about all these Jews that keep expanding, blah, blah, blah. If we get into a war with our enemies, what if they take up arms against us and start killing off all the us and the Egyptians? They would win the war, and because then we would be killed that, off. Yeah. So they enslave them. Mm-hmm. And that begins the 400 years of slavery. Yep. Mm-hmm. We were all slaves at one point in time. Yeah. Me included. So were you. All right, (laughs) that's a good good story. From the pages. All right, so we get two from the pages. We'll do one, and then we have to kind of we have to move on. But um, this is from January twelfth, eighteen fifty-five. This is the first year of the paper. Uh, So each week, the American Israel will print an item from the first years. Cleveland, Ohio, which is where my family's from, Mm. uh, the congregation of Reverend Isidore Kalish has bought a lot for $4,200 in the center of the city. A synagogue will be built thereupon next spring. The Israelites of this city presented Reverend Isidore Kalish with $200 in consideration of his merits as a rabbi and scholar. We are also informed that the Reverend uh, Kalish is actively engaging in preparing a new work for publication we do not know, however, on what subject. January 12, 1855. Mm. I also like from 150 years ago. Smoked there's beef, smoked s- tongue. Smoked beef, smoked <laughs> tongue, and smoked sausages. Uh, northwest corner of 9th and John Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, by Lowenstein and Brothers. What does that say really small? It says orders something promptly. Uh, all I don't know. Orders maybe. kosher and prime for sale promptly? at store. A sold promptly. All plates in the country for oh, you something read a pound. That? Oh, oh, for fifty something something a pound. Seventy-five cents. Tongue se- seven seven cents a pound. Oh, seven cents a piece. No, that's a little. Se- that's a seven cent. Set. We need like you know what I really I like. I um, we used to blow these up. Yeah. And we used to have, remember we used to have a whole page of I ads. Liked it when you did I love those things. I, I liked that. it when you did that. Yeah, I like that. It was that. fun. Yeah. All right. So, um, 50 okay. years ago. I thought we were only doing one. We need to move on. All right. Well, we'll do one. Okay. We'll do Dr. Elvis. Okay. I'll do this one and I do. I got to do. Because remember. I know. All right. So, social news Dr. Albert Sabin, discoverer of the live virus polio vaccine, has retired from the presidency of the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel. So I didn't realize he was here in Cincinnati. He did the polio vaccine, and then he went to Israel and ran the Weizmann Institute of Science. Yeah. Fascinating. I, I feel like I knew that at one time, and then yeah. I forgot it. All right, so he has headed yeah. the institute since January 1970, and this is in 73. Um, and his retirement was said to be for reasons of health. Uh, Children's Hospital Medical Center here has received word that he will spend this year in the U.S. as a Fogarty Scholar at the National Institutes of Health. Okay. Very interesting. All right. I wonder if he'll come over to Children's and say hi. Yeah. Bar Mitzvah, Mr. and Mrs. Sidney Lefton of 1438 Beaverton Avenue are proud to announce (laughs) the forthcoming Bar Mitzvah of their son, David Edward Lefton, Saturday, January twenty. At 9 a.m. at Ohav Shalom Synagogue, 1834 Section Road. Relatives and friends are cordially invited to worship with the family and attend the Kiddush. Following the services, no cards. David is a grandson of Mrs. Mr. Isidore Metz and the late Mrs. Metz of Cincinnati and Mr. and Mrs. Isidore Lefkowitz of Cleveland. Okay. It's January of 1973. All right. Um... So there's also, we're going to, I'm going to skip, uh, we have uh, Teddy and Israel history. I'm going to skip some of those. There's some interesting ones there. Um, and then we have our uh, review of Mark's Bagels. Yeah, where we had lunch today. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, Foodie Fun, Kosher by Gail. Gail Schindler. She's always good. The breakfast smoothie looks, it looks really good. You want that, don't you? The, yeah, not the golden milk. You don't want the golden milk. All right. Okay. Um, we have uh, Dr. Ruth Nemzoff has in her advice column this week, which is always good. Mm-hmm. And then we get to death notices. Okay. All right. So 
this there was a mistake last week in this one, so we reran it again this week. Um, Edwin Drill, Edwin L. Drill, age ninety-two, December thirtieth, twenty twenty-two, six Tevit fifty-seven eighty-three. And then Marcel Kenneth, Kenneth. Uh, age sixty-eight, January first, twenty twenty-three, eight Tevit fifty-seven eighty-three. Uh, Pearl Widus Roth, age one hundred. Mm. Uh, January 2nd, 2023, 9 Tevit, 5783. Um, Irving Harris, um, age 95, January 5th, 2023, 13 Tevit, 5783. Uh, Aaron Katz, age 91, January 5, 2023, 13 Tevit, 5783. Emily Hannah uh, Chalkin, age 94, January 6th, 2023, 13 Tevit, 5783. Uh, Slava Slevin Nee Altschuler, 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 age 99, January 7, 2023, 14 Tevit, 5783. May the memories be a blessing. Yes. All right. Um, and then we have our publishing themes, which we ran again. Mm-hmm. So everybody, actually, you want to probably take this and put it up on the wall. I actually, we put it up on our wall where we did. We brought it in. Yeah. All blown up. Well, I did that for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then on the back page is this uh, program, uh, 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 which is uh, uh, Jeff, Dr. Uh, we talked uh, about it at the beginning. Jeff yeah, Revisinger. it's like our second. Yeah, it sounds like a Coming very up uh, January 23. All right. Then That's we about get the programs in Ukraine and being at the, the uh, kind of the leading up events to the Holocaust. Yes. All right. So ready for... Joke of the week. Bad joke of the week. <laughs> All right. So this is from the Encyclopedia of Jewish Humor from the Biblical Times to the Modern Age, compiled and edited by Henry D. Spaulding. The young couple were in the fourth row at the concert of an internationally famous tenor. Oh, what a beautiful voice, exclaimed the girl. What's so wonderful about it, asked the jealous youth resentfully. If I had a voice like that, I'd sing just as well. Uh. I have no idea. What's some of these jokes? I, I just, who comes up with these jokes? Some people have it. Some people don't. That's well. Some some jokes have it. Some, some people, people some don't. jokes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that finishes our show. And Pam is feeling. She's looking a lot better today I'm too. Not looking green anymore. No, you're not looking green. <laughs> I'm sort of sick and a little tepid there for a little bit. Not looking good. But she's she's pulled through. She's a trooper. She's feeling fine now. Okay, we want to say goodbye to everybody. Uh, come back next week. Goodbye. Shalom. And uh, that's it. Bye. Good night.